Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadia, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of July 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And Luna. Hello, everyone. Oh, Genki. Oh, Genki, indeed. This... It's been a while since the the tripod has been back together. Oh, I know. Been? I'm excited. I'm, we're excited to have you back. Finally, all three of us are together yeah. again. Thanks. Thanks for taking the reins there, Luna, while I was away. I hope you did. I hope I did you justice. I'll, I'll, I'll stay silent on that part. <laughs> oh, shots fired! <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Ouch! <laughs> but yeah. What have you guys been listening to? I missed you guys last week, so let's start there. Let's start with you, Luna. So, for once this week, I haven't got to listen to a lot due to an odd work schedule. However, I did discover a new artist named Kahol, and I started going through her small discography so far. She dropped a new single called Everything Is Over. But her track, Summertime, featuring Kenya, has been my jam, especially as it is summer. And I have been loving that track. And Roller Coaster, featuring Novelcore, has also been a big one on my list by her. She is amazing if you haven't checked her out. She's an R&B pop artist, but I am loving her new music. And also still on Yayui Diamond. She dropped her new single, Ego, last month, and I'm still listening to her she has been like my light and shining armor so i uh, also dropped into some hitomen i got really into her her stronger ep is fantastic and i had a few specific songs i love her track phone and her track sayonara are just amazing i recommend checking her out and also was listening to some yellow bucks thanks to Ken over here was sending me some of his tracks and I started I checked out his jungle album from 2020 which is actually pretty lit and been listening to cream again mainly due to their lovey-dovey song that dropped a couple months ago I am obsessed with it still and went back to their kissing Flipside song from back in the day and I went to Tomo, Tomomi Itano, actually. I pulled out her swag album for my collection and started listening to that in the car, as it's been a while since I've listened to that. And I just, I really wanted to listen to Dear J, Swag, and Crush. <laughs> but that whole album is fantastic, and I forgot how much I actually really liked it. Also, I was listening to Milia's new single, Kono Yume ga Semerumare, featuring Yoshida Brothers. Uh, it is amazing if you haven't checked it out. Fakie's newest track, Happily Ever After, is another one I've been checking out as well. And a lot of Komachi I spent all last week listening to her. I went back to Beauty and the Beast and Love Me Please albums, and I forgot how much I loved her. So it's been a very interesting week, to say the least. I also put some Rihanna in there, just because I forgot how much I love Riri. So. I haven't been listening to too much. I know it's been like two weeks since I've been on, but it's really a lot of stuff I was listening to the last time you guys listened to me. I'm still listening to Kimishi Katan. 
uh, still listening to emotion, still listening to, uh, to Imeon's uh, Till I Know What Love Is, uh, still listening to uh, Miss Uja's I Remember You. Uh, a lot of that stuff. This past week, I did start listening to Ballistic Boys again because I realized it's actually been a long time since I checked them out. And they've had a lot of releases drop since I last listened to them. So went and checked them back out just a little bit. And going back to a little some Fujikaze. And I've been listening to this week's MC, which we will get to. What have you been listening to, bud? So I've been listening to a whole hodgepodge of things <laughs> over the last month and a half that I've been gone. So I've been listening to Mokosato, who is a major debuting vocalist her latest single love buds is actually really really good i've been listening to a lot of tomita labs he is a a production studio i guess creative mind that he doesn't really sing but he produces songs for a bunch of other vocalists that does sing like his latest single yogisha uh, and that features um rapper bicey and vocalist koji koji who we absolutely love and that song is actually really, really good. Pearls, Pearl, the band Pearl Center with their single Cloud is actually really good. I've been really liking the Korean singer Ryu Gyung Hyung. Her EP Park is really, really good. She sings in total Japanese, and I've been actually really loving that. Uh, I've been listening to, obviously, Gen Hoshino. Well, more, I'm more on him in a bit. But actually, I've been going back to Pop Virus. I actually really like that song, and it actually appears on... Death Stranding, which is a game that I absolutely love. So with the announcement of the PS5 Director's Cut, I'm wondering if Pop Virus is going to have the the licensing again in that game or they'll replace it for another another song. I've also been listening to Uryu with her Orion Blues, the special edition with uh, Antaga Iru Kotode, which is actually really good. It's actually been very, very popular as of late. I've been listening to Green also with their new single, Taki Ten, which is really, really good. I highly recommend that. And, of course, Daichi Yamamoto's newest album, White Cube. And I've been absolutely loving that. But if I just keep on going and naming off songs that I've been listening to, it'll be an entire episode. So with that, let's kind of shift on over to our topic here. And as the end of this month, or by the time this episode airs, it'll be about two or three weeks away from the Olympics. Now, we haven't heard any real official news or that we have kind of really dug around with, with the opening ceremony. So I actually thought it was a very interesting idea that we first talk about it. And if we have artists that we would like to show up in the opening ceremony to go sing a song now it's very interesting how i picked this one where we do the artist that we are going to choose has to be from a debuting era so we're going to do the last three because no no artist has been alive as of right now that that is probably active before showa so you mean you mean there's not going to be a meiji artist that just shows up out of nowhere well, color me I surprised mean, color me surprised man i mean i'm probably we're gonna hear a rendition from like the yoshida brothers of a meiji era song but i'm not i'm not too sure about an actual meiji era artist unless you know that they, they do like a shaman king thing and the spirit possesses a shaman or something but i think that'd be a little too metal for the opening ceremonies for the olympics hey it could happen 
and it could happen <laughs> with the popularity of Shaman King right now. But yeah, so exactly. with that, let's go start with our Showa era picks. And since you, you were a little bit on the mic here, why don't you go first, Greg? Sure, love to. I actually went with an artist because obviously, since I am the the newest uh, member of the the podcast, as far as like uh, you know their love for Japanese music, I have not been in it as long. There's actually not a Showa era artist that I'm really familiar with or that I listen to on a regular basis. And so what I decided to do for my Showa era artists is actually go back to uh, artists that we typically see on the Kohaku that I think usually gives a stellar performance. And I, I would imagine you could put her on the Olympic stage and she could knock it just as out of the park as she does at the Kohaku. And that is Sayuri Ishikawa. And, you know, she has typically very memorable performances from the Kohaku. And I really think, like, you know, there's going to be an Inca singer there. I would be kind of mystified if Kiyoshi Ikawa doesn't show up in any meaningful manner. Like, I'm, I'm certain he's guaranteed to be there. But I, really, I, I would like to see uh, Sayuri Ishikawa there. I think it would be really cool... Like I said, you know, because Inca is like one of like the few like things that I like when you think of Japan, like Inca is just one of those things. And for me, it would be really weird uh, for Inca to be such a huge part of their culture and it not be in the opening ceremony in some meaningful manner. So I, yeah. I went with her. I, I really feel like she'd be a really good pick. Now, don't ask me what song I, I would like to see her perform and, and everything like that, because I couldn't <laughs> tell you. But... I would love to see her her be there, and I think it would be really really cool. Just just uh, because I mean she's been in the Kohaku forty two times, so you yeah. know she's committed to the art, she's committed to the, the craft, so to speak. And I like I said, I really think like she'd just do a bang up job at it. So uh, that that's who I would pick for my Showa era artist would be Sayuri Ishikawa. So it's very interesting that you do bring up the Inca singer now obviously we do think that kiyoshi hikawa is going to make a part of the ceremony however i don't know if he'll be part of the inca part of that mostly because of the fact that so i i believe goku is one of the people that is on the the anime characters for the for yes. the olympics yeah goku and if yeah so if Goku's on there, he's probably going to sing the Dragon Ball song. Maybe that's my probably, thing with Yoshi. He would. That's what he is most known for. Yeah, he's done it two years in a row for the Kohaku. <laughs> I could easily so see him coming out of a giant dragon. Yeah, well, yeah. more production for that. So that that's my whole thing. That I'm like, I know Hikawa Kiyoshi or Kiyoshi Kawa is going to show up at the at the Olympics though for the opening ceremony. However, I'm I have no idea if he's going to sing Inca or not. He might sing Inca, but I have a really suspecting bad feeling that he's going to be singing the Dragon Ball opening song. <laughs> well, I, I mean if he does do that that opens the door for Sayuri Ishikawa to do Inca. Because, like yeah, I yeah, said... Obviously. There, there, are, there are a bunch of other Inca singers that I would love to have seen as well that shows the... I, I guess shows the younger appeal of that era. We have Midori Oka, who 
we have yeah. seen a handful of times at the at the Kohaku. But if you want someone who is a legend in that era and in that industry, obviously Sayuri Ishikawa would be a shoe and pick for that. Yeah. Oh, I do agree. Yeah, I, I think she would be a good pick. Or even them do a combination of a legend like Sayuri Ishikawa doing a track with um, Oka, I think would be really interesting. Yeah, it would be. An- another really out there pick for an Inca would be actually Jiro, but I don't know if he would come back. Yeah, so. I don't think he would come back. It would, be, it would a, be very interesting, though, because he does have that international appeal for it. True. Very true. But yeah, with that, what about your pick for the Showa era here, Luna? So mine would actually be Seiko Matsuda. And I, so I actually chose her for several reasons. Is First one is, I mean, she played a pretty big role in the Showa era is she really ushered in a lot of the 80s and not only that she influenced many artists not only late Showa artists but a lot of Heisei era artists she inspired especially like Nakagawa Shoko is a great example who sees Seiko as like a goddess but, I mean, she has had a huge influence on the industry itself, not just music-wise, but also fashion-wise as well. And not to mention, is she did have some big records back in the 80s. She was one of the ones who had 25 consecutive number one singles until Ayumi defeated her in 2006. So, I mean... I think that's, you know, a big reason itself. And not only that, Seiko actually released uh, an American album in 1990 and several singles. And they were unsuccessful. I mean, they didn't get, like, big appeal. But you can still buy them because I actually found one at a local store one time. And, I mean, she has international appeal. She's been in the industry for forever and a day. She's still releasing music to this day. And for me, I feel like she she she'll obviously be there anyway, but I can easily see her performing. I mean, she's always on the Kohaku and not to mention, I think she is a good representation for the international community as she's been around for so long and many people of the world know her. Yeah, I think Seiko Matsuda is a very interesting pick as she is a very influential artists in the era of of Showa for, for female vocalists as well. It's very interesting that you pick her as a female vocalist because I also think of another female vocalist that does transcend the era that is fairly similar to 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 Matsuda, especially to the West, especially towards the internet crowd. And that would be Maria Takeuchi. I, I was thinking you were going to say her or there was someone else because Maria Takeuchi has gained a lot of huge momentum lately because of Plastic Love. Yeah. And she's also one of the rare vocalists that has a number one best-selling album in all three eras. For Showa, Heisei, and now Reiwa with her latest album. So I, I'm very interested. I'm very... I like the fact that you chose Matsuda. 
and I actually see her performing much better than Takeuchi. However, I'm very surprised that you didn't mention Takeuchi outright for Showa. And I think for me, so I really like Takeuchi. However, when I got into Japanese music, I actually got into Seiko Matsuda first. And I think that's kind of one of the more artists that I did listen to. And then I listened to Takeuchi later. And I can see, I mean, I think both artists are super influential to the, you know, to Heisei and Reiwa errors. And they are still releasing music, which is amazing for having two artists as big as them in the Showa era. So I feel like it was a difficult choice because the Showa era had many influential artists and many well-known international artists. And it was a very, very difficult choice. And I think one of the other reasons I went with Seiko is because of her last performance in the Kohaku. She did Rui Iro no Chikyu and a 2020 version of it. And I think it is actually a really good song to showcase on something like the Olympics. Not to mention, she did do a uh, 2020 version of her song Sangoshou. And I could easily see her singing some of her most popular songs and doing new renditions of them. And I think she's still an amazing performer. Not to say Takeuchi isn't, but it's just, it's one of those choices that, being honest, it really does flip-flop for me on both artists. Because I think they're, they both have had an impact on all the eras. As far as female artists go, if that makes sense, because I can think of male artists and groups that are still very influential. But for female, I think I do agree that say uh, Matsuda and uh, Takeuchi are two of the biggest ones. Uh, I will say this, though. I do think because doing the show as long as we have, I've, I've heard Seiko Masudi, um, Seiko Masuda. I don't know why I said it the wrong way. We've talked about her a few times. Her name has definitely cropped up. So it's a name I'm familiar with. It's a name I've heard of. And I'm I'm willing to bet I've probably heard a song or two of hers over the years. But I, I do I do think it'll be pretty interesting to see. Because she was pretty influential, like, like Luna said, in the Heisei era. And, you know, th- this would be a really good time to shine as far as like her career goes so I, th- I think it was a pretty smart choice overall so for my show a pick here so if gray went with a very genre that is fairly unique to the japanese show or to the japanese overall for the music and luna went with a female vocalist my turn was to go with a male vocalist <laughs> and i went with a lovely lovely vocalist of uh, Go Hiromi. Now, it is very difficult for us because of the fact that, you know, we aren't in the Showa era. None of us, pro- uh, if that, for, for for you and for you, Gray and Luna, because you guys were at the tail end of Showa to the beginning of Heisei, <laughs> for, for us specifically, it's a really difficult to pick a Showa artist and plop them there. But, you know, with... I, the the reason why I went with Go Hiromi was because he was originally called the new big three from the uh, from Johnny's industry Johnny's Entertainment and if you guys know Johnny's you know they bred male idols like crazy and he was very 
instrumental to the male pop genre for his generation. Now, obviously, for the track that I would like him to for for him to perform, it is Goldfinger '99, which we hear it all the damn time at the Kohaku. It is L- "Living La Vida Loca" in Japanese form. Obviously, it would be a banger of a track and would lengthen up the spirits of all the athletes if he were to perform it. So. I'm so glad you picked him because I can easily see him performing this. And we always see Gohidomi on the Kohaku. And his performances have always been memorable and very energetic. And I honestly think he is the perfect choice for that because he'll, like you said, energize all the artists, especially with Goldfinger 99, because I love that song. So, I I mean, he he is actually... For male vocalist, I would have went with him as well, to be honest. It would be him or it would be Bees. But, I mean, I think he is the ultimate choice for an artist, for energetic music, and plus his performances are always so much fun. And I am glad you picked him. And, you know, I wasn't, it hadn't crossed my mind until you were talking about it. But it does seem like every time he performs Goldfinger 99, it's to some sports theme. It's I always remember seeing like jerseys and, you know, the run usually running through the backstage area. So I could easily see Goldfinger 99 showing up at the Olympics. It typically is a sports theme song anyways, and it would be definitely a crowd pleaser. And it would have some international notice as well, because Living La Vida Loco was a huge song back in the day. So I I think, you know, if they played Goldfinger 99, like it would, like everybody in the crowd would be somewhat familiar with it, even if they didn't quite understand the lyrics. Yeah, it'd be at least for the, the tune and the composition, they would be like, oh, hey, and they'll be like dancing along. That's exactly what I thought when... When I picked this, I was like, oh, yeah, obviously, even if they don't know the song for the Japanese part, they can be like, oh, this is just Japanese live in La Vida Loca, right? Kind of thing. So. So I did have one question on that. So Go Hiromi is mainly known for Goldfinger 99. But other than that track, what other songs, if he did a medley, do you think he would perform? That's the thing. I don't think he would do a medley. I think he would just do this one song. Like, you know how they do the Olympic walk? I think he's going to perform it during that time. It's kind of like when, when back in the the Korean Olympics, they for the Winter Olympics, they had... what What's his name? Uh, the the Oppo Gundam style guy. Oh, uh, Sai. 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 They only had Sai to perform that one song. And that's it. <laughs> that's really all he's known for. I don't mean to be mean. Like, yeah, I've heard yeah. some of his other it, music, it, it but that really is, is but his yeah. hit. Yeah, it's like yeah. I heard Gentleman, so, and it's not terrible, but it's not Gangnam style at all. Yeah, so, so like, that's what I think of that. He's only going to perform this one song, and it's going to be during, like, a walk. So. <laughs> and I can see that, because it would be very befitting of him to just do this one track. But yeah, with that, let's continue on here with our Heisei era picks. Now, I believe this would be a little bit much more easier to pick than our show up, eh? So with that, let's start with your Heisei era pick here, Gray. Yeah, and I, I kind of cheated a little bit because when we were doing this, I was like, man, there's a couple of other artists I, I really thought about putting here. But at the end of the day, there's only one guy and... 
who else was I supposed to put here? Was I supposed to put somebody besides Daichi Miura? Really? Me? I I can nah. Daichi Miura's got to be there. Now, we do know that he's going to be there in some capacity, yes, because he is an NHK representative, and so he is going to be an ambassador, but that does not necessarily mean that he's going to have a stage show and do a live performance. So... But that also means that he might not have a stage show and yeah. live performance as well. <laughs> yeah. Which would be really sad because, you know, you talk about, like, like I think, in as far as, like, the industry, like, the choreography industry goes, I really think, like, Daichi Miura is the best. And especially coming out of Japan. And I really think, like, if you gave him a stage show... As a... As a solo artist, I, yes, you might want to add that in here because yeah, well, yeah, LDH as a solo might artist. have some. some <laughs> but I mean, typically when he does his choreography, he he's flanked by other dancers. Like he's the yeah. only one singing, but he's got other people dancing with him. And I will say it's really cool how he's able to carry a tune and dance at the same time. Most people can't do that, but he he can do it really well. So, I. I would love to see Daichi. I would love to see just what he can do on the Olympiad stage and really just show the world what he's capable of. He's got really good hits. I don't know which song he would do. I was going to ask you, what song do you think he would do? Now, the only song that I could consider him doing is if Kyoshi Hikawa does not appear on that stage and does not sing a Dragon Ball song, he's going to sing Blizzard. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, actually. Yes. Yeah, I could see Blizzard, definitely. I could also see Excite. I, I was going to say Excite. I just I don't know if Toei, Toei would like that at all. I think that they would frown upon that. I mean, to yeah. Toei has a uh, majority of the characters already involved in the. Uh, that's true too. The commit. Yeah, it would be good hell. promotion for Toei if he did sing "Excite," though. Yeah, yeah. His, but his granted, latest single it would be for a series. Granted, it would be for a series that is already three to four years old at this point. Though. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be the most relevant song. It could be the song that he's most known for, and I do think. That was like his last big, big hit was Excite. Because, like I said, I like Backwards. Um, I think it's a good song, but I don't see that many people talking about it. Blizzard would have to say something about oh, that. I would say Blizzard did we, very, we were, very well. And we were just talking about that, too. Uh, I'm sorry. But since Blizzard, like, he hasn't had that many big hits. Like, he's had some songs that I really liked, but, like, like I said, like, Backwards dropped earlier this year, and we, we haven't talked about it. Yeah, the thing is with Deitch in general is that I think since he got chosen, he hasn't been really been focusing on the music side all too much. That's why he hasn't been really popping and wowing us That's <laughs> as true of too. late. And I think he's been mostly focusing on being the NHK ambassador. Yeah. And I have a bad feeling that if that's the case that Daichi is going for, then I don't know if he'll appear. If he does, it'll be a pleasant surprise, though I do think he is only going to sing Blizzard. I, I kind so. of was thinking that too, just because of Blizzard's international appeal and how well Dragon Ball is known. Like you said, if 
Kiyoshi Hikawa doesn't do his Dragon Ball song, I could easily see them having Daichi do Blizzard. And that way they get that international fandom appeal and get a good amount of the community involved too. So, but I, I would love to see Daichi perform. I, I would love to see him in Olympic stage. He is an amazing dancer, vocalist, and I think he would be a great highlight to show Japan's musical talents. However, like you said, Ken, with him being an NHK ambassador, I, I can see his focus is mainly on that right now. Not to mention he does have a wife and two kids. So, so you know, I have a feeling his music's kind of on the back burner until the Olympics are over. At least, you know, like really pushing the bigger, dancier hits. Yeah. Now, I, I would have to say if you couldn't get Daichi, who would you pick for the Heisei era? Uh, let's see. My backup probably would be Kiyoshi Hikawa, but like like we were talking earlier, he would definitely be on the stage. So I, I don't I think he's pretty much guaranteed there. Uh let's see. Fantastics. Well, yeah, I Fantastics debuts so close to Rewa. I mean, they were like four months before Rewa kinda dropped because they debuted in December and then of yeah. twenty eighteen and then Rewa's like twenty. I mean, you can also you can also make the case that you can just have all of XL or Junior XL. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I if I had to like go way outside the the box, well, I, I will keep it to never mind. I was going to say color creation, but I was like they're not together anymore. But you have to get over it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never get over it. I will never get over it. The day I die, <laughs> maybe. But. What about Little Glee Monster? I was I was gonna say like LGM would be great. LGM or I was thinking maybe Ivy would be really good. See for Heisei, I mean this is gonna be a whole mess for us for covering Heisei overall because there's another a bunch of groups that we could see going in for Heisei. I also thought you would have mentioned AAA as well. Well, they're not together anymore. Not really. They are. They're just on hiatus. On hiatus. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, they're really concentrating on their solo work, but I could see a lot of them coming back just to do this, besides um, uh, Urata Naoya. I mean, like, (laughs) besides him. For obvious reasons, yeah. (laughs) But I I could see AAA coming back and doing a song for this, just because... I mean, they they are they have been a big influence on the Heisei as well, and I think they would be a fun choice to do, to be honest. I mean, I like if they came on on that stage and did climax jump, I I would probably lose my damn mind. But I think I would be losing my fucking mind if they did climax <laughs> jump, a song that is legitly over ten years old at this point. <laughs> I'm just trying. To, it's it's been a while since we we went over their discography, and I'm trying to think of what song in their discography would be really good for the Olympics. And Climax Jump to me is the first song that to, to, that came to my mind. But uh, I I don't know. I like Common Rider Deno might make an appearance there. You never know because Common Rider Deno is like one no, in one no. with if it if. Any common writer is going to appear. It's going to be whatever the hell the new one is. Oh, revise. Because right, yeah, right around that time, the new the new show is going to show up. Yeah, and I have a big sus- 
su sneaking suspicion that they are going to do a, 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 a quote-unquote Olympic-like episode already. Maybe. Well, yeah, but getting, getting back on the topic, I will say it... Well, I had a thought and then I lost it. I was going to say, I mean, we kind of went f so far off. But, you know, I understand with Deitch. I completely understand with Deitch. Yeah. And Heisei is such a big era and very important for us and over our years of covering it. So, I mean, I completely understand why you went with Deitch. But, yeah, with that, let's continue on to your Heisei era pick here, Luna. So mine's going to get picked apart because of the artist I picked. <laughs> and I have good reason for it. I picked Namie Amado, and yes, she did retire in 2018. However, I could easily see her coming back to do the Olympics because of her influence on the industry. I mean, she's been around. She got her start in 92 with the Super Monkeys, and she has really been an icon ever since. And she has had such an influence on artists, music, fashion, and everything. And her retirement went out with a bang. And there was all the speculation, would she come back for certain things? And the only thing I could ever see her come back for would be the Olympics. And one of the big reasons is her international, international appeal has been huge. And you can tell by all her music and not only, I mean, she did do one of the actually couple ending themes for Inuyasha. And not only that, I mean, she's been featured in many tracks. She also has a lot of English songs and a lot of people don't realize the last couple albums she did, she had full English tracks and she, she would very well appeal to the audiences throughout the world in an international community and all the coverage she had on her retirement and all that. And I know that was a big deal, but also this would be a great way for her to come back one last time or just maybe come back in general. And I would love to see this because she's an amazing performer. And if you watch her lives, she knows how to wow the crowds and not just by her dance moves, her fashion has always been memorable, her music. And many of her songs still stick out over time. And for example, Can You Celebrate? I think that is her most iconic song, to be honest. And it's used in wedding tracks. And her song Hero was used as the NHK theme song in the 2016 Summer Olympics. Yeah. And that's one of the other reasons it kind of made me choose her. I'm like, I could see her coming back to this. I could see NHK going to her saying, hey, we would love you to come back one last time and be a part of this. The thing with that is that she is retired. And unfortunately, I completely understand your reasoning. I completely understand. But the fact that she kind of walked away on her own terms, she kind of is has accept that and i think if she did come back we would already have heard that that would be my only big nitpick of this is that she she retired on her own being not because she was forced to or anything like that oh no and i yes yeah, she did retire you gave, herself you, 
yeah, she did retire herself. And I, I completely understand your reasonings are very, very sound focused why she could come back and what song she would pick. But the only time that I'll be kind of like, mm, <laughs> is that I don't know if she would come back. I, I couldn't and see if her. she did, if she did, I think Avex would immediately would have jumped on this tenfold. <laughs> Unless they would keep something like this under wraps as a big surprise. With, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going both ways. I, I'm so I'm I keep playing devil's advocate with myself in this because I can also see her saying, no, I'm done. I'm done with music. I I retired to spend time with my family. I'm done. However, I can also see her saying, you know what? I'll do this one last show. It's the Olympics. This is a huge deal. It's a once in a lifetime event. I will go on there this one time. That's another thing, though. She knew that Tokyo was already picked for the Olympics, though that that's my another thing here like if it was if it was like something like odyssey odyssey specifically chose 2020 because they knew that they wanted to at least sing at the olympics granted the whole pandemic messed that all up but odyssey picked 2020 for a reason and it was also their 25th anniversary where i feel like nami kind of ended in 2018 because it was her 25th anniversary in a way as well so i kind of feel like when she went out it was her 40th birthday and it was her 20th anniversary so i feel like 2018 you know why she picked it is because of those two dates i could still i mean it's a very slight possibility i could see her doing a surprise it maybe not a performance I would love to at see her perform, but at, I can, at least an appearance. Yes, I could see her being an appearance just because of the huge influence she's had. I would love to see her perform, and I think that would be probably an amazing surprise. However, you're right about Avix; they would be milking this. They would be milking the hell out of this, and, yes. and I've and rumors aside from Avix and what we've have heard, and that they are in such a big trouble. If they are in such a big trouble, they would have melted the hell out of this already. <laughs> yeah, and I could <laughs> see them releasing albums and stuff too. It's, I, I know I shouldn't say it's wishful thinking. I really could see her jumping in on this. However, I still, I'm going back and forth on it. I mean, I think it would be a great surprise if, if she did do this. But we also haven't really heard any of the lineup yet and that's kind of why i also have my hopes up because they could wow us and throw us something that we're not expecting at all yeah and that's kind of why if if i know she's i could see her coming out of her i could see nami coming out of retirement before i could see nishinokana for the olympics and i'm just gonna be honest well also nishinokana is pregnant so (laughs) yeah yeah true so, so I, don't, like, I don't think that ain't gonna happen anyway. <laughs> no, no, but like with Namie, I could see this, I could see her coming back and maybe doing something small or maybe them using one of her songs and having yeah. her there. Yeah. I, I'll say this much. Money talks. I, I really think, even though she might have retired, knowing that the Olympics is coming up, because of how much of a cultural icon she is, I'm willing to bet. Now, yeah, true, Avex, per rumor, is a little bit in trouble. But I'm willing to bet if they if they knew they could get a spot for Namie, 
they could and they probably would really pay her a very handsome sum that would I think I think it's very possible. I think money talks. I, I really I've always believed that. I think there's a, an amount you could pay her to get her to show up for this one time performance. Because and and even though she's retired to spend time with her family, you know this is you know it'd probably be like a month or two prep and do the performance, and then she's back into retirement. So it's like it's just and you know she's had a she's been in retirement for a year or two. She might already be bored because a lot of artists get bored after a few years. So you know there's no telling what I I really think it's possible she could show up and. If she does show up, you know, she could probably sell a few more copies of Finally, even though I'm fairly certain everybody in Japan's got two copies of that album. But, you know, she could sell more, you know, get the international market in on it. So, I, I don't know. I could see it happening. I could totally see it happening. But, like I said earlier, I think we would have heard an inkling of it already. Oh, you're there right. There are some rumors yeah. flying around. At least, at least, even in the more seedier places that does the rumor mills we would have heard it through them not naming any names but yeah 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 and i'm i I still wonder because they really haven't given any hints over any of their performing artists i mean but if they did keep something like this under wraps yes it'd blow up but i do have my doubts I have a lot of doubts on it but i would absolutely think she would be a great choice to do that if she would now Besides your wishful thinking artist from Heisei, who would you have in in that spot? You know, it's a really difficult choice choosing Heisei because there's ones I personally love. And, you know, I can't... There's ones I personally love who I would love to see on stage at the Olympics, but I, also, I, I, I can't see it happening. And I will say one is Kodakumi. I love her to death. However, I can't really see her performing at the Olympics, even though she's an amazing freaking performer. <laughs> there's there's only one specific reason I can't see her performing on the yes. Kodakumi, and that is the Kingdom Press release. Yes. No, no, no. I, I agree. There's that, only one specific reason yes. for that. She kind of burned some bridges. And, like, I personally would love to see that, but that's a personal thing, and I'm not ruling yeah. that in there. Now... Yeah. One other art. There are two other artists, and it's mainly because of the international pull they have, and I think they would be great choices. One is Crystal K. My okay. gripe with that is her late. I mean, she does have a latest album, and it is her I Sing cover album. Yeah. However, you know, it's just covers. But yeah, it's she just has. <laughs> yeah, and like if she had some new singles, like new new songs that were originals. I think she would be a great choice. One, because she's been around in the industry since 2000. Two, she has a lot of international pull, especially she's gone from New York to Japan a lot. I mean, she's been in movies. She's done music. She has, I mean, she's done anime theme songs. She's done a lot all over the industry, not just music. And she also has that bilingual appeal that I know would be very good for the Olympics as well. And she could easily do renditions. And I think her music would come across very worldly and, you know, Mm. very well internationally accepted. My gripe with that and why I second guess it is because she doesn't have any real like original material out this year. However, I know she's been doing stage shows and she's in Pippin. 
And I yeah. can see that it would be a reason not to because she's concentrating on doing that. Yeah. My other choice, which I didn't pick her, is May J. And same reason as Crystal K. She has a lot of international appeal. She is bilingual. She is a great representation of both Japan and the international community. But she's also, like Daichi, an NHK spokeswoman. And she's been putting I... a lot of stuff into that. <laughs> I also think doubly ensure that she ain't performing because the fact that, unlike Dyke, she has a show on NHK. Yes, she has Jay Mello, and she's a host. I would specifically only see her as doing stuff for Jay Mello. Yes. And I, I, unfortunately, that's how it is. And I feel so bad for May J that unfortunately that's how it is she just she's wrapping up these whole things for her anniversary so it's not like she isn't doing new music she's doing new music right yeah, now she has new singles and they're great i actually yeah. listen to her new songs and i think i love rebellious i think it's amazing and my gripe with her is i have a bad feeling if she did do the olympics she's always known for let it go arino mama day and yeah. and she would have to ask disney's permission but because Japan has milked the crap out of that song and her singing it. I feel like that was part of her. That really hurt her career, in my opinion. And she got it, roped into all the covers. And I'm yeah, going to say it. They yeah. milked it so much. And she's a fantastic artist. And I think she does have great international appeal. Yes, I would love to see her perform original tracks on there. No, I can't see it happening because of Jay Mello. Because she's been working on the NHK show. She's a great host woman. She's wrapped into so many different things that I feel like there's no way they're going to have her perform. They're going to want her to host stuff for Jay Mello and host coverage for the Olympics on Jay Mello. So that's my other thing for that. I do have one more artist that I could see. And that would be Miyavi. Miyavi would be a very interesting choice, but the thing is, yeah, that would be a very interesting choice. However, that, he has his hands in a lot of pots I, right I, now too. His hands is in a lot of pots, and I think it's a little too hard for the Olympics. Personally, yes. and yeah, and, and I don't know how the committee would take. Yeah, like committee wise, like like all the artists I pick for Heisei are ones that I think international wise I think would be very good. But yeah. I can see how the committee would be like, no. And the reason for Miyavi is because he's been doing so much around the world and not just his tours in the U.S. He is he has been like an ambassador for UNICEF. He's been doing a lot of yeah. things for World Refugee Day. He does a lot yeah. of good for communities around the world. And I think he is a great influence. And I music wise, I do enjoy his music. I do agree with he'd be too hard for the Olympic community. But I think as an internationalize, he would be a good person to showcase to also be like, hey, yeah. Japan also has rockers like this who are very awesome guys and not only are great guitarists, singers, but they do really good for the world. So that, you know, with that, those are the three I personally like I would love to see. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, there's a couple artists I can see Baby Metal being on there because they're technically considered Heisei. And they're technically considered Heisei, but I also think it's that that is a little too hard for them too. Yes, but they still got that cutesy side, and they have hu they have been big all over the world. <laughs> they do have the cutesy side, but their their music yeah. is harder. But they have their cute voices, and then I think yeah. Millet 
could be one as well because she debuted mm. two months before Rewa and she I mean I feel like her momentum's gone down however she's still doing very well and because of her style of music I could easily see her being put on the stage too mm. so sorry I took a while on that alright so I guess we'll move on to my Hisa era pick and obviously, like I've, we, I just mentioned, this is a much easier choice for for me and Shoa because we, for the most part, we lived through it. And now, if I had to pick a specific artist that not only showed the power of Jap- Japanese music but also the international ability of it, it would have to be Hikaru Utada. Her, first, she's Japanese American, and that will already bring the Western eyes to that. Who didn't know her prior to the ceremony, and also being in the eyes of the gamers and anime lovers alike she's already been loved and known obviously the only problem that i would run into that she would only sing probably a handful of songs and it would only be beautiful world and hikari i only chose those songs it's because it shows her range but it also it will show that she hasn't forgotten where she's been known internationally which is evangelion and kingdom hearts respectively I completely agree with that. Um, my on- only other thing is she's currently residing in London. Isn't that correct? Yeah, but she could come back. The The thing is still three weeks away, so... That's true. And they are letting certain people in, and I could easily see them making her an exception, especially for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, I do agree with your song choices, because I think Hikari would be a great choice. I could see her doing a rendition of both Hikari and Simple and Clean and mixing it up. And I also think Beautiful World is a great choice because, like you said, it shows her range. And Evangelion right now, especially with it just getting licensed in the U.S. I will say I'm really glad you picked Utada because that was one of the artists that came to my mind. Obviously, I had already picked who I was going to do when we, we announced the topic. But Utada really does have that international presence and... You know, she's really been a big part of the industry for a long time. And I'm really, I I would be interested to see what song she would do. I do agree with you. I think Beautiful World and Hikari would probably be the songs that she picked. And with Evangelion's rising popularity and the anime industry, I think that's one of the other reasons I think Beautiful World would be a very good choice with that. I mean, or... They could pick their latest track that they just one last did kiss. for Evangelion. One yes, last kiss. I could easily see Utada doing One Last Kiss. But the, the thing is with that, they would have to very tie in with Evangelion because it isn't available internationally yet. I guess That's true. Others, I know it's going to be... The other songs are available. Yeah, I know it's going to be No, they just announced here. it for Amazon Prime for Western releases, but it'll be after the Olympics. Yeah, it would be good promotion, though, because it'll be releasing in the West, and that way people are already hyped for the new Evangelion, so One Last Kiss would be a good time to push that, especially with how, you know, Japan's trying to push the whole cool Japan with the anime industry, and I do think that would be a very good choice, but I also love Beautiful World and Hikari for it, as they're two songs everyone knows Utada for more so than anything. Yeah. That that's another reason why as big as as you know Last Kiss or whatever has been, you know, Beautiful World is been played 
three different times across all three movies. <laughs> the, the prior three movies. So, and then, so for Hikari, obviously, it, it would either be that or Sanctuary, but I think Hikari is more well-known. Hikari is way so more well-known. I, I don't think it's yeah. too close. So I think Hikari is way, yeah. I, I would agree with you there. Although, I don't know. I don't know which song I like more. It depends on the day, but... Yeah. I could easily see Utada doing a special medley just because of their industry and their influence on it and their career in general. So I, for Utada, I feel like a medley would be more appropriate, to be honest. Yeah. Now, if I had to choose an artist that was also related to Heisei that, that I would also pick that if Utada can't come into the country, it would <laughs> it would be Lisa. Oh, and the I, fact is that yep. you guys just mentioned it. Japan is pushing cool Japan for the anime. And what better yet to have the biggest anime singer in the world right now. Yep. Oh, I 100% agree, and I guarantee Lisa would sing Gurenge. Yep, she is prob they are yep. probably asking her to sing Gurenge <laughs> right now. <laughs> no. Homura? Homura. Um, I don't know. The that, thing that is, is Gurenge, like, Homura did really well, and I know the Demon Slayer movie just came out and has hit theaters worldwide, but I do feel like one, Gurenge, is the more well-played of the two. I, yeah. I could I could see a medley of an infusion of Gudenge and Homura together. That I would see me more likely, but if she was only allowed one of the two, I honestly think it would be Gudenge because that has succeeded Homura in listens. And just in general, I feel like more people gravitate toward that than Homura. Yeah, and you could be like me who hasn't seen the series and only have known Gorenge from the anime or hasn't watched the movie yet and have only done Gorenge. Uh, yeah, yes, because no. the movie was available in theaters in the U.S., but there's no video release here, and that's same with Worldwide, and the movie just came to Blu-ray in Japan. So, yeah, oh, well, no, it just came to digital this past week as well. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I know it dropped in Japan, and I know that we're still waiting for a home video release here, but I still think Gurenge, yeah. even if the movie was uh, completely available worldwide, I still think Gurenge would more highlight the two. Also, it's a faster-paced track, and I could see it more suiting with the Olympics than Homura. Now, I also don't think that if she doesn't appear that this song isn't going to somehow some way going to wiggle its way in because I can see it as you know, it will demon slayer or, has become a worldwide phenomenon. Some, some some weird thing like that I can actually definitely see it like that I, now I, if I had to pick an, an out there one for Heisei that isn't Lisa but they still well internationally known I would put Asian Kung Fu Generation <laughs> that is a very good choice because they've been tied in with a lot of anime and a, many people know them for that reason and also, yeah. they're a great popular punk band. They've been around for forever and a day. Yeah. So what songs, if Asian Kung Fu Generation performed, what songs would, do you it think It would only be? but far and away, Hakata Kanata. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. It I would don't only be that. I don't think they would do anything as much else. as much as lo- people love Bleach and After Dark. It's everyone and their mother knows the hell out of Far and Away. Well, yeah, <laughs> how do, uh, but also rewrite is a big one too. The rewrite is also kind of big too. But the thing is, what is bigger, Naruto or Naruto? Well, yeah. Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood is the number one watched anime on some of the apps. However, I will say Naruto is widely it's more widely known and i see more yeah, naruto more fans widely around known the, the 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 merch is still there as yep. much as you know full metal is is still around in anime form the merch is still there for naruto yes no i i completely agree and i could easily see that i i will say riri they did a re-recording of riri a few years ago, and that was for, huge for. But it was, but it was only for a race. Yeah. But that's such a small audience compared to Naruto. True. That that, that the whole re that's the whole reason why I've done that. And if not, Asian Kung Fu Generation, I can also see Flow because Flow has done international stuff as well. Yeah, I I can easily see. So I've seen Flow live. I saw them at Anime Central years ago, and they've also been to Crunchyroll Expo. They're very internationally known. I think they still might be a little too hard for the Olympics. However, their music is yeah. very energizing. So I could see Go being performed. One, Naruto. Yeah, it's a very it's a very Two, inspirational track yes, as well. It's inspirational. Also, it uses the theme song for Naruto. And I feel like that is one of their biggest tracks. I mean, personally, there are other tracks I like just as much as that. I love colors. But I, I honestly think if Flo did perform, it would be Go. Yeah, I would I would expect it to be Go. If Flo performs. Yeah, if Flo. But I, it will take so much time on Heisei. We have to go commit to our last era here. And that is Reiwa. Now, Reiwa is very interesting because we only have about three years. Two, two and a half to three years of it as of right now. Now, who would you pick that debuted in the Reiwa era as your pick for the opening ceremony here? Let's start with you, Gray. Yeah, no, for me, Reiwa, it was a interesting. There was a couple I could have picked, and I I think I was, I I think my co-host was expecting me to go in a slightly different direction than what I ultimately wound up going in, but uh, I wanted to go with Fujikaze just because he's really been riding that high as of late. And I think, you know, he he's in time. I think he's going to be one of the really breakout artists of the Rewa era. I, I think his career is just getting started. And I, because it's the international stage, I do think, you know, like you guys said, you know, Japan's won't do that like that. Hey, look at us. Look at how cool we are. And you know, you know, Fujikaze's got really cool music. He's very current, very now. And I think, you know, they'll want something that represents something that is, you know, up and coming, that is very fresh, that is, you know, like, hey, you know, this is the future of Japan. And I think Fujikaze is the best embodiment of that. And I also he's got really, really good English skills. So he can obviously give like a small speech in English before he does his song, which I think would also really help as in, you know, him I don't, I, I don't think prior they have though. 
Oh, true. I think it's just bam, 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 bam. But I do understand yeah. your point that if they do have to do interviews, he'll be able to do it. <laughs> that, that yeah. And I, I will be honest, it's been it's been like ten years since I've seen a Olympic opening ceremony. So, uh, whenever Britain was, that was the last one I saw. So it, it's been a while, and I London was two thousand eight. I think I'm not too sure, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's it's been a long time since I've seen a opening ceremony. So I couldn't. I don't know how these things typically go, but. I, I do think, like I said, you know, Fujikaze, I think, would just be a fantastic pick. Because, like I said, he's really been popular as of late. And I could really see him, you, you know, like I said, you know, Japan, they're wanting to be the cool friend. And I think Fujikaze is a embodiment of that. Now, obviously, I'm going to ask you straight out, what song do you think he would perform? Kirali. I, I know it just dropped within the past month or two, but... I, Would you I, call that his defining re- performance, though? For the public, probably, yeah, yeah. Because mm, I mean, okay. that was his breakout hit. That, that, like, he was a name like I had heard a little bit in the background. I had seen him cropping up on some sites, but it wasn't until Kirali hit that re- he really started, you know, breaking through and becoming well known. So, ironically, the episodes that you weren't on, he first appeared on our show. Man, I have the best timing, and, and it's well known. So. <laughs> and I think it would be really cool to see what kind of per, like production he could do, because he has such a cool style. I would it would be cool to see like a live show, him put on a live show, and see what kind of stuff that he does for his live shows. I think that would be pretty insane. I think Fujikaze would be an interesting pick. I think he would be very good for the international community. And he is, like Gray said, young, hip, fresh. I, I'm interested in seeing what he would do. I, I kind of think it might be a melody. I mean, I love Kidati, and I think it's a fantastic song. However, I could also see him doing, like, Seshin Sik or Moewa. Is I feel like several of his tracks, I honestly think, are standout, and it's very hard for me to choose just one for him for that reason. And but his style, I think, also would be very appealing. So it would be interesting to see how how he would appear on the Olympics if he did show up. Yeah, so like for me. I honestly think it would be his debut song, so it would be Mo Ewa. I, you could do a medley into Kiari, but I, I have no, sh- not really. I'm, I'm not too sure if they were going to do it. It'll be honestly, it would be like the Kohaku all over again. Obviously, I would pick Station Sick because that was the first song that both us as a show and both me and you, Luna, have been introduced with him. That that's the only reason why I've, I've I've ever kept eyes on him was because of that. So yeah, but it would be interesting to hear Kiati on a grand stage like this. So, but yeah, with that, let's move on to your Uewa artist here, Luna. So mine would be Yuri, and mm-hmm. the reason why is he has jumped up in the industry, and he came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, we saw Dry Flower hitting the charts, and 
he just blew up. And he, not to mention, not just on Oricon, but he became very big on SNS, so pretty much all the social media sites, among just young people in Japan, and not just young people, but everyone in Japan, and pushed him to stardom. And despite him having not very many singles, and he doesn't even have an album yet, the popularity and momentum Yuri has gained within this year is just phenomenal. And I also see, due to his musical style, the guy with guitar, which we don't see too often. We always see the girl with guitar, but you don't see the guy with guitar often. And his vocals are fantastic. I actually think he would be a very, very good choice for the Olympics because he's someone one the Olympic the Olympic Committee would approve of because of his style. It's more chill. And yes, some of it is energetic. And also with just how Dry Flower has been, everyone is covering it. Everyone is following Dry Flower. It has been a big anthem lately. And this would be a great way to capitalize on how popular Yuri has gotten. And not to mention, it would not only help them out, it would help Yuri out too. And get him to that more popularity. I also think because of his young age, he would draw more fans in the international community. And I think people would resonate with his music. Just because of the style, it is very nice, very relaxing. However, he has power behind it. And obviously, Dry Flower would be the song that's performed. I believe he has better songs. I, I would love to see him do other tracks because I love Sak- Sakurambe. Yes, Sakurambe. <laughs> so, yeah, Sakur- I love Sakurambe and I think that is fantastic. And as much as I, and I, I think Hikosen, his newest single is amazing. But I, I think Hikosen, this is probably his best work on, to me, yeah. to be really honest there. <laughs> I, I would love to see him perform that, but due to how popular Dry Flower is, I could see them putting him on there for that, to be honest. And I would like to see him on there. I think it would be for him, though, I don't know if he'd want to do it being so young and getting up on stage in front of all the Olympics would be very difficult. I I mean, I I don't know his position on how many lives he's done and that, but I also think, I mean, it, it could go good and bad. But in general, I think if they're trying to showcase the Rewa era and a young up-and-coming artist, I think Yuri would be a great choice. And he would draw in a lot of people, I feel like, and get a lot of attention. Yeah, so the only thing for Yuri is <laughs> he would have to sing Sakurambo and Hikosen. I don't know if Dry Flower would be really good on a stage for the Olympic. I think people would be bored to death. And that's not being mean to him. It's just the style of this song is very slow. Oh, I I completely agree. That's the only thing that I have... The only gripe that I have with with Yuri here is that... Obviously, he is going to sing Dry Flower if he got chosen. Because that is the biggest song. It's still popular to this day. They had a remake for it, and it's still freaking popular. But it's it's still... It it would be so slow, and I think people would be bored to death. And that's not being mean to him. It's just where this song would... How it song, how this song is made. Yes. I don't know if it would be good for a grand stage like this. Yes, I, I agree. They would need something more upbeat. I think Kiko Sun would be the better track 
to perform live. But knowing the Olympic community, they would want something that is more popular to draw in the fans. Like, oh, look, the song's been on the top 10 in Oricon for blah, 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 many weeks. You know, this is the hottest song in Japan right now. And then they'd play it. However, I, I wouldn't go with Dry Flower. But I, I would like to see him on there. I think, you know, he is going to be one of the up and coming faces of Reiwa, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, Yuri is a very interesting pick, and I'm I'm glad you picked him. I still need to listen to his more recent stuff, I'll be honest. I haven't quite done that yet. But I do agree with you guys. You would have to do something different from Dry Flower, because Dry Flower, it, it, pardon the pun, it's a little dry for a live audience, but I think he's got it. it it's hella slow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to we can't be, not so much that it's dry, it's hella slow. Yeah. You can't perform that on a grand stage like that with... A hundred million people, or, or like a ten, tens of millions of people watching this. No criticism to him. It's just that for this particular stage, it would be really difficult pill to swallow to perform Dry Flower. But yeah, I, I like I said, I, Yuri is popular. He's hip. And he also kind of falls into the same camp that Fujikaze does in that I think he's in some way the future of Japan and it'll dep he'll I think Japan's gonna wanna showcase like their up and coming talent. So I I think Yuri being on the stage would be really a, a boon if they could get him up there. But I guess with that, let's continue on to my Reiwa pick. Now this was another easy one because originally I had two two artists to pick from that I could show up choose to show off the future of the Japanese music industry and one of those artists would have to be Stones and one of the reasons why I had chose them that they are in fact the future of the Japanese male idol industry well I might not agree with some of the choices on their discography and style points here I cannot deny that fact that they inevitably are the future now the most difficult part for me is to choose what song it by them to represent them for the opening ceremony you, you could go this many different ways obviously you can do imitation rain because it is their debut song and artists that around this stage would probably do their debut song but they could also go with new era as it is more internationally known with the yashihime anime and it's also good it's also good song to introduce new fans as well lastly they can also go with strawberry breakfast which is from the recent release and it kind of does show that traditional johnny style albeit in a kind of new way which i kind of like i think stones is a great pick to be honest especially with like you said they are one of the new faces of the male idol industry and it I agree with you on the tracks because I do think Imitation Rain's a good choice, but also New Era, especially with the whole cool Japan and pushing the anime. And I know Yashihime has done very well internationally and in Japan. And I actually think New Era would be a very good track to go with because of that, especially how the... You know, with the, I have a feeling they're going to be doing a lot of anime-related things for the Olympics. So that's one of the reasons mm. I could easily see them doing New Era. But I do think Imitation Rain is actually a really good one to do on stage as well. 
Yeah, I think New Era would probably be their best pick as as far as like their discography goes. And, you know, Johnny's is such a pillar of the Japanese music industry. It'd be hard for me to see them do an Olympic, you know, for there to be like the Olympic opening ceremony and, you know, Johnny's not be represented in some manner or fashion. And I think Six uh, Stones specifically, I think would probably be the best pick for that just because of how hot and fresh they are so i I think that they would be the best pick if you're especially if you're going with johnny's Uh, and especially if you're doing like rewa era i think stones is probably the best option yeah no and obviously unfortunately with the stigma of stones you might want to include snowman into this but if I had to choose just one, and I can see them going both, both of them going together on the stage and do um, DD and um, Imitation Rain back to back, I can see that. I totally can see that, to be perfectly honest. But if I had to only pick one, it would be only Stones. Because unfortunately, only recently, Snowman has been changing my tune. But Stones has more releases and is overall I don't want to say more popular but it, it it's true I think overall they are the more popular of the the two debuting around this time oh yeah no I completely agree because I, I and like I said I like Snowman a lot more than I do Stones but you ha- you have to look at you know releases and how many they put out like Snowman's put out a fraction of the songs and usually gets lower sales so it's really hard for me to go out on the limb and go and really put them out there so i i feel like stones is the better pick of the two and i i think you made the right decision now obviously if i couldn't have them and if we were going to pick someone hot like how you guys are doing as well I would pick Yasobi to represent Rewa. however it'd be very difficult for them to be on the stage because they are not a a live vocalist, as we kind of we we were talking about this pre-show, it would be very difficult for them to go on. I think. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that as well. And I was gonna say to add that if not Yawasobi, Adol has been a very popular vocalist, and I don't know if she would do it either. But Yawasobi has Adol, been hitting uh, the charts. Uh, no, even more so, Aldo probably wouldn't because we haven't even seen face reveal. Nope. So that was kind of yeah, and that's why I was like going hand in hand with that. You know, Yawasobi. I know they don't do any lives, but they have been. They're still in the charts, and just seeing how yeah. the popularity of Yodani Kageru has just been crazy, and how they have really come out of left field due to I feel like the digital. Everything that happened Age, last year yeah. in the digital era and yeah. having all these possibilities now that we didn't have before, Yaosobi has just become such a known presence in the music industry and it's amazing. It'd yeah. be neat to see them, but I, I just can't see it happening. I do think it would be a great choice because of their popularity. And, you know, that there, there's another another group like if we were doing this four months ago i would have also had said ali 
but <laughs> uh, well they're the not gonna be coming back anytime soon the, the drummer's stupid <laughs> yeah the drummer had to go ruin it for everyone yeah and they would have been a group that i would have picked because it does have that flair of internationality that you could do on a grand stage like this and it would have been huge for ollie to have done that especially because they are a band of mixed races and what better yet to have on the olympic stage than that i agree but you know think speaking of wishful thinkings you know there we've we've, we've talked about several but if we had to choose one specific artist that you know doesn't matter if it if they are are a match for or a fit for the committee that you would like to see on there. What would that be? And let's start with you, Gray. Yeah. So for mine, I went with an obvious one for me. I, I didn't want to go outside of my bubble much, and I went color curation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know me so well. But you no, know, one of the things that really you associate with Japanese culture is the mega idol grooves, the 48s, the 46s. And I, it would be a shame if, you know, they do the Olympic opening and they don't have some mega idol group on the stage. And I was thinking about, you know, which of the mega idol groups I personally would like to see at this particular moment in time. I don't think that this is the group that's going to get picked. In fact, I think it's a super long shot that they do get picked. But at the moment, I think they're probably the best mega idol group doing their thing. And that's Hinata Zaka 46. Because one, I think they're, they've really been on a roll as of late. Their latest single is fantastic. And it, it's really suitable for a big stage like the Olympics. Uh, they're the most consistent of all of the mega idol groups. Like all of the 48s are kind of a mess at the moment. And I don't know if I'd want any of them on stage, but that's the 48s. Within the 46s, it, you have a similar problem. You have Sakurazaka 46, they've had one, two releases. They're still finding their footing. And then you have Nogizaka 46, and they don't really have any big hitters anymore. And they really haven't put out anything good in the last little bit. So for me, I, I would like to see Hinatazaka 46 because they're, they are a little bit more of the traditional idol fare. And... But they do it well. They do it really, really well. And, you know, if you want, like, a very classic idol feel, classic but current idol feel, I think Hinatazaka 46 is the best pick of the bunch. Because, I mean, really, what are the other ones doing? Well, the thing is, if you were doing current, if we were only doing current, but like you said earlier, money talks. Yes. And Akimoto Sensei has been dying to get the 48s onto the stage. And what better way to have the 48s on there than to entice the former members on there that made the 48s as it was? That's the only thing that I would say about that. Now, if like just like I said, committee aside, 
46 if we were doing current members only yes i hate to admit this but the 46 hinatazakas particularly are the only most consistent i hate saying this because that is not for me and i totally get it they are traditional idol as of right now they aren't changing the farm of what they are doing however what they have been putting out has been fairly consistent and that that's what i'll say with that However, Akima was on the committee as well. <laughs> and I, I, hell or high water, he's going to put AKB48 on there. That is his and premier group. as much group. as I would love... Yeah, I would love to see the lower groups overtake that. Because Nogizaka and any of the 46s was supposed to be the rival to 48. I would love to see that. But hell or high water, I know for a fact that the AKB48... With a stack group of the former senpais that made AKB48 as it is, will probably be there. If the wishful thinking there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if, if it's AKB48, what song do you think that they would do? Especially if they were doing the. They'll the, do. The classics. They'll do, they'll do Heavy Rotation, Pony Toto Shushu. They'll do all the summer songs. But they will do Heavy Rotation because Heavy Rotation is the highest number seen song. Granted, they aren't going to reenact Heavy Rotation because that will be too scandalous, if you know what I mean. But they will do Heavy Rotation. Or... Oh, I, I know what you mean. Um, I know what you mean. What's the other song? That's the Sashihara song. Koi Sudu Fortune Cookie. Yeah, Koi Sudu Fortune Cookie. It would be, if it ain't heavy rotation it will be koisuru fortune cookie because that's another song that is insanely popular granted this is before your time and it is a remake of an 80s song that it's those two songs i can only see them play i agree with that i feel like everyone knows koisuru fortune cookie and even and this is when i followed akb which i stopped following for quite some time but i completely agree with your choices on that. But also, what song would you have Hinatazaka sing? I, it, I will say, Kyun would be interesting, to say the least. That was their debut song, and uh, I think in some ways that might have been their most popular, but uh, uh, Kimishi Kakatan did really I think numbers. if Kyun ever played on a grand stage like this, I will... I would freaking lose it. <laughs> Good way or bad way. I'd be screaming my I would head off because freaking lose a... it. <laughs> because you know my I would be yelling. I would be yelling on the fact that Kyun got picked any other song that Hinatazaka chose. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say it's been a while since I've listened to their older releases. Like I haven't listened to Sona Koto Nayo in a while so it, it'd yeah. be hard for me to recommend that but that might be a better pick hmm. but like i said kimishi katan i i you know it's, it's the right tone it's the right pace for the you know this a sporting event such as the olympics so i think i think that would be a, a pretty solid pick overall and uh so it, it might be a little boring to say their most recent song but i, I will say their most recent song and what about you, Luna? What would your wishful thinking artist be? So it would be Ayumi Hamasaki. And 
So I have qualms about this, and this is why it's my wishful thinking, because on a personal level, she is a fantastic live artist. Just her style, her live show, she puts her all into it and goes all out. And she has also been a big icon in the industry. She broke Seiko Matsuda's record for 20 for the 25 consecutive singles and not only her fashion sense i mean she has made a name for herself in the industry and is one of the most popular artists and despite her in reiwa she she has lost a lot of that momentum to be honest i am still a fan of her i still love her as a musician for her lyrics and everything she's done because she really has made a name for herself and pushed herself to the forefront producing all her own music. My issue is she's expensive because her live shows she has full control well, over. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, at this point, money is no issue. So expensive isn't really... Well, really the a... other issue is she has full control over everything. She's very particular. She yeah, yeah. wants. She <laughs> that would be that, my, my major ding against her for yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and I watch a lot of her makings of, and not just music videos, but lives, and she has a say in everything, which I think is great. I think an artist should have a say in what they're doing and what they're producing. However, she wants it a certain way, and she's very nitpicky, and you can tell by watching her lives, whether it be a director, and she'd be like, no, 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 we're redoing this. And she, and I can just see her on the committee. It might not be live in front of, you know, a recorded audience and for the world to see, but it'll be in front of people there in the stadium itself. And I can see her being bossy and saying it has to be this way. It has to be this way. I can see her going on set beforehand, making sure everything's perfect. And I understand why she'd want it to be that. I don't blame her. There's a reason her Blu-rays and shows are just phenomenal. And I think she would be a good pick. And if she did, I would honestly go with her older songs because of the hype. And one of them would be Boys and Girls. That is a song mm. that she gets the audience so hyped for. And she does such a good job of it. And that's one of the songs she always does at the end of her shows. And it is a pumped up song that everyone gets into, everyone sings to. I think it would be a great showcase for the Olympics. And honestly, I would just go with that one. But she has other tracks. I mean, her new one, uh, 23rd Monster, I think it'd be a great case to showcase it. But is it her best song? No. If I'm going with an Olympic song, I would go with Boys and Girls, to be honest. And there are other ones besides that. However, I, I, I would love her to be there, but I also feel like at the same time, I can see her being there, being there, but not doing a live performance because of how much she puts behind it. And also the yeah. setup for that. I think that would take too long for an opening ceremony to her to set that up. If you look at her A Nation performances, too, I mean, she goes all out for her shows and I can see her doing the same for this and them not having that time to actually do that. And <laughs> I can see her pissing off not some of the committee by saying, no, 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 this is how it's going. And I can see that committee being like, no, we're not listening to you. It's not your show. Yeah. Another thing is, too, she has no control other over international 
broadcasting. So they, the international broadcasting might show an angle that she not agree with, but she can't complain about it. Oh, yeah. And she'll have to accept that. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think she will. <laughs> That's another thing, too. Yeah. And I, I do think she could put on that face and just, you know, put on that face like she usually does for a lot of her live shows. However, she can come across with a little bit of an attitude. And I do understand because I do feel like a lot of women sometimes are belittled for their opinion. And she is very stand up about it. And she does not put up a bullshit. And that's the one mm. thing that it could come across off as bad for her. Because I could see her arguing with the committee on what she wants to do. I can see that as a big reason why she wouldn't be part of it. Well, well, I mean, committee aside, even if she does, the, the whole ding is that she can't control international broadcasting nope. that's the only thing I, she'll be able to control japanese broadcasting and that's that's fine she can do whatever she wants but the fact is she can't control let's say if italy gets a bad angle of her i don't think well, I'm, well at this time i don't know but i don't think she has the the the, the right to go out and complain about it Same yeah the or American say hey you can't NBC. show this i don't look good like this yeah and yeah i think They'll write her off as a major major B for that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can see her because she does. I understand she wants every angle to look perfect. And I could see that hurting her for being part of the Olympics. I do think it would be very good if she was because of her influence. Yeah. And also, I mean, she's done. She also did a Dragon Ball song, even though it's one we want to forget about because it's part of evolution. <laughs> so but she's done other tracks besides that she's done ones for games she's done ones for anime yeah and yeah. and just in general people know who she is and i think the name itself brings it in it also would look very good for avex if she was there because the yeah. goods they could sell the cds they could sell and also promotion for her but yeah. my gripe is you know, she's in the middle. She has her new song. She, I know she's doing a live tour, if I'm correct. And not to mention, she's two kids now. So yeah. it's there's she's a lot going on, too. I can see her making an appearance now if she'll perform. I have my doubts, but I would love to see her perform because she is an amazing performer. Hmm. Yeah, Ayumi Hamasaki, it would be very interesting to see what she could do on the Olympic stage, especially given her years of experience. I think she would be able to put on one one amazing experience, but yeah, her being a little diva, I, I don't know if, maybe, maybe not. I mean, they could just have like the master Japanese feed and then just Japan could just send it out to all of the partners. And just do it that way. I, I don't know. I don't know how they do these things, but no, I don't think it works Japanese, that way. Uh, they all the yeah, all the countries the, have their so own cameras and own people there recording it and putting it live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because also they might they might not show the entire performance and they cut into a performance. And I think if you cut into her performance particularly, <laughs> yeah, that would work out, out well. From her <laughs> no, and I, I don't blame her. Her performances are spectacles, and I own almost all her live Blu-rays, and I've seen so many of her performances, and I do understand her qualm with that because you're only getting a part of it, and she's very showy. She 
puts on a performance and she wants it to be seen the way she envisioned it. So I do understand. However, I... She has, she can't control it though. No, she can't. And I think that's one reason she wouldn't be, she likes to be in control of things. Uh, Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. I said my piece. Thank you though. Okay, with that, let's move on to my wishful pick here. And <laughs> now this could go up on the air depending who goes where's. And honestly, my pick would be Kenji. It would be Kenji Yonezu. And I think on the fact that this particular artist has did change the Japanese music industry in a specific way from physical to digital focus. Now, of course, digital releases have been popular in the past, but it wouldn't be until Kenji's Lemon where we saw it blow up naturally with hit after hits after that. And with the rise of the pandemic era, you know, the shift to digital couldn't have come to a a better time with that. Now, I know this particular artist might not be for everyone, but it does show that the Japanese music media, while not very slow on its way to shifting digital fit to physical, Kenshi is a trendsetter for that. And I cannot deny that for that particular reason. I'm glad you picked Kenshi, and I 100% agree. If you wouldn't have picked him, I would have added him on to my Heisei era because of his... Even though it was recently with Lemon that he really he skyrocketed... But I would love to see him there. I, My reason for I don't think he'll... I, I think he'll be there because of Kite. But... Yeah, he'll, he has to be there yes. for, for Kite for mentioning. Yes, and he'll but, he'll oversee it. But performing-wise, Kenshi doesn't like getting up in front of people. Yeah, he's, he's very... Yeah, he's very antisocial yes, for that particular he's very reason. introverted. <laughs> and, like, for example, the Kohaku, they always beg him to come on. He, he really is like, no, 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 no. You know, he did that one performance, but it was really from his... It was from his own home, correct? Yeah. It's from his house. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> He's the type of person, I don't blame him, you know, and the Olympics is way bigger than the Kohaku. So him actually getting up and performing like that is, I can't see it happening, but I can see him easily making an appearance, being there to oversee Kite and talking with Arashi and whoever in the background. Yes, I can see all that happening. Now him performing, I would love to see him up on stage. Because he has changed the industry and you look at it and he has just skyrocketed to stardom and I have become a fan and I was very hit or miss on him. I remember I hated Lemon when I heard it and it grew on me and I love it now. And he has so many tracks that I've loved. I bought Stray Sheep. It's fantastic. It's still been charting. And he would be one of those artists that I think it would be very good to showcase on the Olympics. But as performance wise... uh, I, no money in the world I could see would make him get up on stage. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be my only thing, too. Yeah, no, I'm just basically going to echo a lot of what Luna said, but I really could see Kenshi just putting one heck of a show on stage, especially given like how artistic he is and how outside of the box he thinks. I really think he could put on a stage show that would really wow and mystify the world and would really put Japan in a really cool spotlight. And, you know, Kenshi Yonezu, I think, is going to be one of the composers of the era that, you know, 
20 years from now, like people will be talking about, you know, Kenshi Onezu. I think he's here for a while and he's made a, such a huge impact, especially with, you know, the advent of the digital era and stuff. So I, I think Kenshi Onezu would be great. I do agree with you guys. He, he doesn't like performing in public. He loves, he does what he does because he loves music and he loves the art of the music, but he doesn't really care much for yeah, the crowds and all that, all that stuff that goes yeah, with he it. He doesn't care much yeah. for the fame. He'd rather just be working. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if it wasn't for that, I, I would I would say he's almost a shoe in, but because it because he has that, he does not like crowds sort of thing. I think I, it'll be interesting to see how much he's there and in what capacity he's there. Yeah, now, now this is an artist that we haven't all talked about that I'm very surprised that we didn't talk about, and that is good old Anyo. Yep. Would we love to see her in? Obviously. But would she go in? <laughs> what do you guys think about I that? I think she would. And here's why. She does do a lot of live performances. She's been doing them for quite some time. I could see her getting up on the Olympic stage. Now, my only thing is she is more of a chill artist. And I wouldn't say like chill, yeah, she's chill. she's a very chill artist. That's, yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's better than dry flower. But yeah, it will still be a little bit of a, a rise to go and pick. Yes. And pick certain songs that she has done. Yeah, and being honest, for her, it would more likely be Haru no He or Marigold, which aren't the most upbeat tracks. They're more of those, they're not dry flower where most people would find it very boring, but at the same time, they're not going to find Marigold and Haru no He super inspiring. So that's my issue, and I love Aimeon. I love that she gets up in the stage with her guitar. I think she's a phenomenal vocalist. She has had an impact on how the Reiwa era is looking. And you look, she rose to fame, big fame, with Marigold, and she has, she's done very well. But the thing is, is what song would she pick that would wow the whole international community and really get people out of their seats? But I will also agree to, to this point that what you just said, Gray, that we're going to probably remember Kenshi as more of a composer and the lover of music. I can see that for Aimeon as well, because Aimeon is a fantastic composer. She's done several songs, especially with Johnny in the past as well. Agreed. Oh, her composing is phenomenal, and her writing is as well. Yeah, no, I th- I think Aimeon would be, it'd be interesting. The thing of it is, is I, I do agree with you. Agree, she's a great composer. Something new. I mean, I bought that song after hearing it once, and she wrote that, and it's just, it's a great song. But you know, at the end of the day, like I'm trying to, I'm racking my head over her discography, and I, you know, I'm not the biggest I'm Young fan. Maybe she has a crowd pleaser in her discography that I don't know about. But well, she does have a lot of songs that I think are fantastic. Like I don't know a song in her repertoire that would really be appropriate for this sort of ceremony you know yeah. you know i would love yeah. for her to go on stage and prove me wrong you know that would be fantastic yeah but you know i like for a opening ceremony i think it'd be a little bit much of a difficult pill to swallow yeah. i think as the athletes are going out as you know those kind of songs yeah i think it'd be much easier Maybe. But as an opening ceremony, it'd be really hard. It's it's the same case with Yuri, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. They would be better as outros. I can't see them being intros just because of the style of music they do. 
And yes, they're very popular in Japan, but it's not befitting of an Olympics opening ceremony, especially if the athletes are trying to get really pumped up. Yeah, but yeah. With that, I hopefully you love this segment because it was two hours freaking long. But <laughs> with that, let's continue on to the music corner here. And Gray, you have the lovely reins to introduce your artist. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, no, uh, I chose. I wanted to go with a group that uh, is kind of up and coming, and I wanted to a few weeks ago when me and Luna did the uh, girls rock group topic i had mentioned i don't i don't listen to a whole lot of girls rock band and so i was wanting to you know cover a girls rock group for music corner because you know that way i get to listen to more of it because it makes no sense to complain about you don't you're not you don't listen to a whole lot of a thing and then you know don't take the opportunity when you have it to go and listen to a thing so i went and picked yeah and i i i find that really ironic when you mentioned that because i was like isn't his first like love for the industry was scandal? Yeah, yeah, it was. It really was, and I, 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 I guess like and, and it just fell out of grace from there. Yeah, yeah. no, I completely understand yeah. though, but I just find it funny. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, so so I went with Yayu Yo because I did. I really like them. It's a four girl rock band, kind of in the same vein as Scandal, and they have a very scandalish sound, so to speak. That and I, I really wound up liking them. So let me get, tell you about Yayu Yo real quick. Uh, Yayu Yo is a four-member rock girl rock band from Osaka, formed in January of 2019. So I mean, they're young, you know, two years out of the gate. Uh, the group originally consisted of three members: uh, Rico, who does vocals and guitar; uh, Pepe, who is also on guitar and sings backup; Hana is the bassist, and the and the other backup singer as well. And they recently added Suchan uh, to the group. That was the, that was made just this year. As uh, she was kind of a pseudo member of the group up until recently. She she had been in some of the recordings and she had been touring with them. But she just hadn't committed to the group in any meaningful manner until recently. And then she finally decided to go ahead and join the group and they all met and they all attended the same high school. They all graduated together and they have a really small discography. They only have 11 songs currently, two EPs, uh, one single, but that single is on the second EP. So you can really just listen to both the EPs and you'll have all of their music. And, but it's really good. Like they have really good sound and they have a motto for the group and that is they want to make everyday sounds music is forever fun and it really comes across in their music uh their ordinary life ep is fantastic and it really gets at that heart of just that everyday music you know and you know their track uh hoshi ni naogo has a light upbeat feel to it that really puts a pep in your step uh rico has nice soft vocals that really complement the compositions that they sing uh their track yellow wave is also really good and that one i specifically picked because the rhythm guitar really shines in that particular song and i wanted to give that one a, a spotlight also it's one of the ones that they have a music video of so definitely check that out i wound up really enjoying my time with them 
Just to highlight a couple of more songs, Sayonara Azenya, and then you also have Kimi no Tonari, uh, which Kimi no Tari is really good because that one really showcases like a softer side of them. It's a more of a slower ballad song, and it's really, really good. Uh, Luna, uh, why don't you start us off? Uh, what did you think of Yayu Yo? So I originally started listening to Yayuyo back when their Ordinary Life EP dropped, which wasn't that long ago. I came across them actually by accident, and I checked out Kimi no Tanadi first, and I, I greatly enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. And I actually think it was before Ordinary Life. It was their debut self-titled mini album Yayu Yo is one of the ones I also had written about and I I was very interested in these girls just because I love female vocalists especially when they do rock or a pop rock type of thing and I think Yayu Yo has done very well their song Kimi no Egao I think is one of their best and Sayonara Zenya is just fantastic in general, I honestly think their Yayu Yo album is solid. I I believe every track on there I've enjoyed personally. And I think Kimi no Tanadi, which came next, was phenomenal. Their Ordinary Life EP, which just came out, is really good. It's not my favorite by them, though. I mean, I will say it's solid, but Yayu Yo is really uh, where it's at. I like their harmonies. I think their compositions are fantastic, and they do very well with matching their vocals. I get a lot of the scandal inspiration, like a scandal shishamo type of mixture with them, and I love both those bands. So for me, I think that's one of the big reasons I got into Yayu Yo was because of that, is they gave me that vibe. And I'm looking forward to them releasing more since they only have 11 songs total right now. I'm curious to hear how their sound's going to develop, if they're going to continue keeping with that Scandal-type inspiration, or if they're going to move on and try a little something softer, a little something harder. I think it'll be, they'll be a great group to follow. And I, I feel like they could be one of the next girl group bases of the industry for Bandwise. Yeah, so for me, I am very critical of my female-led bands, and you have known this for quite a while. And obviously with Yayu Yo, you can hear Scandal's imprint on the industry. You can hear very much so. And that, uh, if this is a band within the last couple of years, obviously they've grown up listening to Scandal, and that really 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 makes me sad to think about that scandal is inspirating the next generation artists at this point but that aside they are an amazing band and they do have that feel however one thing that i do love that they do somewhat differently from scandal is that they know how to mix up very much so and i and that's that's something that i've loved of scandal as well but they do this very very well compared comparing to and you got songs like Kimi no Egao and Yellow Wave, which is absolutely fantastic. Like Their whole entire self-debut EP is absolutely amazing. And I do like The Ordinary Life as well with 
Haru no Machi Day and Kimi no Tanari. Those are amazing tracks. But it's their slower songs, that the slower composition songs that really get me. And it's something that I ended up really liking from them. Yeah, I know how critical you are of girl rock bands. And I, of the people, I was mostly worried with what you would think because... Of, of of us here, I think uh, you would be the most let's, critical. Let's just say this much. I understand what they're going through, and I understand completely. Am I going to hurry up and get their next album or release? I'm not too sure about that. The stuff that I heard is very solid, but they haven't wowed me to a point that yes yes this this is it there are some diamonds in the rough there that i can't see but time will tell for that but i know how hot they are in japan right now hell they're being used to pin up as the next the next upcoming artist in in certain music area lists here so you know there's that yeah, they really do have a up-and-coming sound, and you could really hear it in their music, which is another reason why I picked them. So, But uh, I'm glad that you guys both found something that you in, that you enjoy and like about them. So that, that's reassuring. Oh, thank you for choosing them. If you wouldn't have, I would have down the line since they were on my radar. So I appreciate you picking Yayuyo. Yeah, so with that, let's continue on to the Oricon here. And this will be very interesting because I haven't been <laughs> I haven't been on. So there are some certain artists and, and songs that I never really got to talk to you guys about that kind of show up here. There's probably two or three of that. And first of all, it is going to be at number 10. It is going to be Dry Flower by Yuri. Now, I completely understand with Dry Flower. <laughs> that for <laughs> I completely understand why how popular dry flower is now the music video really showed up and they did a remake for it of it and it's so popular with Yuri I can't even know it it's it's it mind-boggling gets me how popular this song is now so I'm not surprised that it's still on here and we're almost like close to a year out <laughs> This week, Dry Flower sold a lovely 26,402 points here, going on up to Dynamite. Nothing much here has changed from Dynamite, so it's still there. But next up is Gomenne Fingers Crossed by Nogizaka46. So for a quick summary, tell me how do you guys like this? Because I, I haven't listened to the episodes that you guys did of this song. I hated it. Gomenne Fingers Crossed. I absolutely did not like it. It's your typical idol. I just couldn't get into it. Composition, vocals. I just felt it was very off. But I also am super biased when it comes to idols, so I feel like my opinion's kind of blah. Gumbenne Finger Cross was a song I wanted to like a lot more than I ultimately did because I, for me, it's it's good in places, but the song flows really weird the way that they sing it. It's just really bizarre, and I... I think they were trying to do something a little different and it just doesn't work. It doesn't come across right. And I really felt like this was a big miss for them. So I'm hoping their next release, they'll have something figured out by then. But this was a big X for me. I just didn't care much for it. Yeah, for me, <laughs> I I thought it was okay. 
<laughs> I legit thought it was okay, but I, I don't know. No, Nogizaka had songs that, you know, with this and the other release that it had last week with um, with NMB's song last week, I, I, I preferred this song. But overall, it it was all right. I can't I can't say ifs or buts about it. But you know, go many fingers crossed. So the lovely twenty nine thousand four hundred and twenty seven points here. And going on up to number seven, it is Kaibutsu and Yashishi Suisei by Yasobi. Soon enough, Yasobi's um song for Base Arts is going to be out of Netflix jail, so it'll probably. St- be in population once again for the international crowd but this week it sold a lovely 32,264 points here and going on up to number six it is butter by bts now i initially did not was not on the episode that you guys did of this so what did you guys think of the song since i wasn't here so i enjoyed it i actually think butter is pretty solid i do like dynamite better i still think to me Dynamite is the better song. However, I find Butter very appealing, and it's also in a McDonald's commercial, so you hear it all the time. I'm sure some people are sick of it. But I think their vocals are solid. It's one of their typical cutesy songs. I like that it's not pop and lock, because when BTS does either their more poppy songs or more vocal heavy-ish songs or even just more vocal-wise songs, I like them a lot. And also I like that the song's in English because it has a lot of that international appeal. I think they're doing very well doing tracks like this. But I mean, I think it's solid. I'm surprised it's still on here, but I'm also not. I don't know. I go back and forth because I listen to Dynamite way more than Butter. Yeah, yeah, for me, Butter, it's... It was okay. I didn't love it. It 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 almost it was kind of like I don't know, for me it wasn't quite what I wanted to hear. I, I don't know why. It just like it was a step in the right direction. And I will say that I think that prog- like progressively I have been liking a BTS more as of recent especially their more recent releases. I think they have been an improvement. But Butter, it's still not quite there for me. It's not quite what I'm wanting to hear. And so I just didn't really like it's it's okay. I, I see the appeal, I see why people like it, but it just to me it just wasn't for me. You know what's funny? I also think that the tie for, for butter was it was because of that BTS meal song. I think it was part of that. Yep. Around this time. Yeah, the McDonald's. It, yeah, I think that, that that's another reason why that the well bts aside that this this particular song was very popular so but for me i thought it was really good i i really liked it however it does very stray very very close to dynamite it's dynamite light i want to say without the the bam but the composition's all right i i I liked it a lot more than dynamite personally but (laughs) But regardless, Butter sold a lovely 49,973 points here. And going on up to number 5, it is Hakiri Shiyoze slash Oyogenai Mermaid slash Aisare Ruto A or B by Anger Me. Now, as our resident Morning Musume or Hello Project love idol fan here, 
Gray, what did you think about those songs? Am I the resident lo- uh, Morning Musume fan? That, that's more me, but I like <laughs> old Morning Musume. Well, I like well, old Hello Project, Morning Hello Musume. Project, oh, and Hello Project, Hello Project yeah. overall. Yeah, Hello Project overall because. I mean, you like Subaki Factory. Yeah. Subaki Factory is Hello Project yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, and well, the, the the only reason I said that is because I think, especially you know the, the you know you talk about like groups like Juice Juice and all that. Like I think typically we all tend to like them. Uh, Anger Me also I think is typically a, a show pleaser because uh, it seems like we usually we're pretty high on all of them. So that, that was the only reason. I was like I was surprised it was me. But yes, uh, no, the, I think all three of these songs are great. I. It's hard for me to pick which one I like more. They're they're they all have like their positives, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, but uh, Hakari uh, Shozune, I did like a lot. I I will say it's not on the Apple music release of it. You only get uh, Yoganai Mermaid and Asere As. A or B and of of the two that are on the Apple Music uh, as, Asale Root A or B is in my opinion the better of the two uh, but Yo, Yoganai Mermaid is pretty solid it's not a bad track I just think it gets outshined by the other two uh, Asale Root, Root A or B has a nice big band feel to it and i think that one appeals more to me so i want to i would say that one's probably my favorite of the trio but they're all really solid and i think this is a good pickup overall so i'm gonna be a little biased on this i i do tend to gravitate out of all the idols i'm more hello project and i've grown up with more hello project than anything and anger me is hit or miss and I'm going to be honest, for the most part, I do like them. However, I think Juice Juice always has more solid tracks. And for Anger Me, I honestly, I loved Yogenai Mermaid. I thought that was my favorite track out of all of them. I, I like the composition, the vocals. I thought it flowed very well. And to me, that outshined. I didn't care for... Hakiri Shoze and Aisareru to ARB as much. I do understand the appeal. However, those are my two least favorites. I I just can't see myself listening to either of those two tracks very often while Yoga Night Mermaid, I I actually loved. I do think if the whole single was on there together on Apple Music, it probably would have flowed better. However, even then, I still think I would have gravitated, first of all, toward Yoga Night Mermaid versus Hakiri, Shose, and I started to toy or B. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, Anger Me has, like you have said, Gray, they are a group that we personally all love. And I do think that, like with you, Luna, Oh Yoga Night Mermaid is a much better song than out of the three. I like Hakiri Shioze because it does feel feel like that typical Anger Me style where they are trying to mix that blend of of techno, if you understand. Yes. And I think they do it very well. I mean, I like them yeah. more than Morning Masume trying to do it. Yeah, and I think that, that 
this particular style fits anger me much more than any other group that tries that however i think out of the three yoga and i mermaid is the winner for me aisade ruto a or b is it's all right it's a solid song but it doesn't match a candle to a yoga and i mermaid or hakiri shioze for that matter as well but yeah with that Hakiri Shioze, Oyogunai Mermaid, and Aisade Ruto, A or B, so they lovely 50,152 points. Going on up to <laughs> Awesome by NGT48. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't put in my hell in my laughter there. So how awesome do you guys think this song is? Let's start with you, Greg. Yeah, I don't think it's really awesome. It's okay. I don't think it's particularly bad in any meaningful manner but it's very much standard idol fare and not in like a nice catchy way not not like a Hinatazaka 46 but just in I guess like 48 way I it's just there's nothing here that I find to be particularly awesome pardon the pun it's just it's just another song I, I wouldn't recommend it to to anyone. I, I think it's forgettable, and we won't be talking about this in a week. So I, I do agree with Gray on that, is, but I, I have this feeling toward a lot of the recent Idol songs. I do think Awesome is a little bit better than I don't remember what was last week or the week before, which is really sad. I, I like Awesome better than Gomene Fingers Crossed. However, something still feels off about it, and I think that's my issue. I, I, It's really the vocals and harmonization that feel off to me. I will say I think their subgroup, Cloudy Cloudy, did a way better track than the main one on the special edition. And that that's what I gravitated for because I thought the harmonization, the vocals for it, were very very well done along with the composition where awesome does feel very lackluster in itself and i think that was my main issue but hakiri itehoshi just felt like a better track with our subgroup cloudy cloudy i think it's maybe less members maybe that helped and if that's what took awesome away from me is it just felt like something with the vocals and harmonization was off and it just wasn't matching with the composition in parts so, but I also feel like Awesome is just one of those typical by the numbers. I'm going to forget it next week. Yeah. <laughs> NGT48 can't find a break for me. And Awesome isn't as awesome as it would like to be. It's the composition is nice and slow. And honestly, it's probably one of the perfect compositions overall. But the vocals didn't match it. When they, they, it's a slow composition, but they try to rush everything about it, and I, I don't understand why they did that. I really don't. <laughs> but you know, some of the other songs in the singles was alright as well. Like you had Hakiri Ite Hoshi, which was alright, and but besides that, there was nothing really awesome about this. <laughs> nope. But regardless, Awesome sold a lovely 77,384 points here. 
And going on up to number three, it is Pale Moon by, or Pale Blue by Kenshi Yonezu. Now, I understand that the the song was originally released during my time that I wasn't here, but this is the first original release of this. How did you guys feel about Pale Blue originally? I ha- I have an inkling I have an inkling about Gray's feelings because I I know how Kenji is but how did you feel about it first? So I enjoyed it when I first heard it. I like that he does do a lot of experimental stuff with it because you can hear how the composition varies throughout the track, and I like that it's very Kenji. When you hear Pale Blue, you know it's Kenji, and I'm just gonna be honest, and that's what I love about him, and that's one of the reasons why I'm just gonna say you either you like it or you don't. With Pale Blue, there's really no in between because it's a very Kenji track. And you hear that. I do think his B-sides are great, especially uh, Yume no Susu. I thought uh, Yume, uh, Yume Ususu I thought was great. Um, but as the single in a whole, I think it's solid. And I'm glad to see it on here. And we get to talk about Kenshi again. It's not my, Pale Blue is not my favorite track by far by him. However, I think it's a great solid track for him to come back with especially after releasing Stray Sheep and it's very hard to top a lot of the other songs he's done I mean at this point he can't top Lemon and I'm just gonna be honest but I think Pale Blue just shows him and his element and him doing him and what about you Gray what did, what were your initial thoughts of Pale Blue I, I kind of have an inkling about it but I since I wasn't on here I want to kind of hear it firsthand sure uh my, my initial thoughts for Pale Blue were it's Kenshi being Kenshi. I I didn't like it. it. It's a song that honestly I don't think is for me. And yeah. it, you know, that that I I have learned to accept that with Kenshi. Like sometimes he'll have a song that I like and sometimes he won't. And, you know, it's not a bad song. It's just not a song that's catered to my taste because he's very artistic. Uh, and Pale Blue is definitely a very artistic song. I will say when we initially covered it, the actual full release wasn't out. And so I went and checked out the B-side tracks, uh, Daydream and Shinigami. And Daydream is actually really good. I did wind up liking Daydream. Yeah. I didn't add it to my music library, but... Of the three tracks, I felt like that was a really solid track. Shinigami was not for me as well, but that's neither here nor there. I did wind up liking Daydream a lot. It's a <laughs> lot more chill and a little bit more mellow and just a lot more to my taste. Yeah. But uh, Pale Blue, it, it's a song, and I, 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 <laughs> I, it has an audience, and I don't begrudge the audience for liking it not one bit. I you know, Nothing but love for me, but it's just not for me, and I'm not going to run out and buy it, so... Yeah. Yeah, what Pale Blue, you know, I I I already knew how you guys were going to probably feel about it when I first initially listened to it. When I first heard it, I was like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure Luna might like this, but I'm not too sure. But I'm definitely sure Gray is probably gonna have a difficult pill to swallow with this one because it is it is very Kenshi. It is super Kenshi, especially with his vocal style. The composition for this track is really, really good, and I love that always about how Kenshi presents himself with these with his tracks. And I also think that Yumi which is Daydreaming in English from there, is actually an amazing track. And I've 
I guarantee if you guys don't like Pale Blue, at least listen to Yume Utsutsu. It's really good, and I probably guarantee that you guys will probably like that song a much better than Pale Blue. Shinigami is a little bit more difficult pill to swallow as well, too. You <laughs> see, so Shinigami is very interesting, but yeah, Yume, Yume, no, Yume Utsusu is amazing as well. I mean, I think the whole the whole single is great if you're a Kenshi fan, but that's just me. But regardless, Pell Blue sold a lovely 80,543 points here. And going on up to to number two, it is Fushigi and Sozo by Gen Hoshino. Now, we've heard both of these songs originally on digital, but this is the first time that we have the physical for it. And there are also additional tracks on here as well. How did you guys feel about the the single overall if you guys got to revisit it? So revisiting it, I'm glad I went back to it. Fushigi's still fresh on my mind, to be honest, because I mean that digital single drop several weeks ago and it is I feel like it stayed in my mind throughout that time going back and revisiting create was mm, very interesting nonetheless I can say listening to it as a whole I'm I'm very I changed my tune on it I remember initially liking it but after listening to Fushigi I am absolutely i think fushigi is by far the better track of both those and create really lost sozol creation really lost its momentum for me in many ways and i i think it was because i did watch the music video at first and that kind of like pushed me to like it more but listening to the track as a whole i and especially trying to follow up fushigi it just doesn't hit for me but, I mean, I think Geno Hoshino did a great job. And I, I actually like Soshitara. Uh, I thought the single as a whole was actually pretty well done. And I did enjoy it, but I still think Fushigi is my favorite one. Although I still love Uchide Ododo, and I like that he has another version on there. And that's like, that was my go-to track all last year, especially watching him sing it at home all the time. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. And, you know, I've like Fushigi, I loved. I loved it when it dropped. It was made my own Gaku Go for last month. It is definitely high on my list of songs that have been have come out this year. And I really, really liked it. Creates, you know, it was nice to re listen to it. And I don't have too much more to say about it. I, I think it's a decent song, but I think Fushigi is clear, the clear standout. Uh, Sozo uh, for the Japanese but it was nice to go back and listen to 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 uh, it was nice to go back and re-listen to this and I had a lot of fun with it overall and uh, I'm glad to see it number two this week yeah with Fushigi and Sozo create it's very interesting obviously like you have said Fushigi is still very fresh in all of our minds however I do like the fourth track on here, which is Soshitara. I believe it's translated as Tomato in the English side. Yes. I have no idea yes, why. Yes, it but... is translated as Tomato. <laughs> you're correct. I have no idea why, but because Soshitara is like, and then meaning. <laughs> but regardless, it's really good. I really love that track overall, and it's probably second. If I had to choose a Gen Hoshino song that I absolutely love, I really do love Fushigi, obviously, but it's right up there as well. 
Regardless, this week, Fushigi and Sozo sold a lovely 161,680 points here. And going on up to number one, it is Hitori Nishinayo by Kanjani8. Now, this is very interesting because when we did our pre-talk, I knew that you probably would have a difficulty with this. And we all thought that when Kanjani8 did their last single, it would have been... Um, for their last single, Kimito Mitai Sekai, it would be very difficult to top because we all three of us loved it and we thought that they would fall into this trap of just going into oblivion again. Now, with Hitori Nishinayo, how do you guys feel about Kanjani's 8 with this latest release? Let's start with you, Gray. Yeah, because Kanjani 8 has been the group that I've honestly struggled the most to get into, especially for johnny's like i want to like them a lot more than i do i did like their last release a lot and you know i they really kept it up with this one uh, he totally uh he totally ni shinayo is a really good track it's a little bit more of a slower track but it's more vocal focused it sounds really good they harmonize really good in this track and it just it sounds really really good overall and they've really I like the last two releases I have thoroughly enjoyed. I'm not going to say they've turned it around because they've been around a while, but maybe like my taste is starting to adjust to them or something. But this was an, a phenomenal track and it really, it, it, it's the highlight of my week. I think this was the best song on the charts for the week. I just wound up really enjoying it overall. It was fantastic. So I love Hitori ni Shinayo. I, I think Kanjani 8 did a very good job. It was hard to follow up their last single, especially since we all liked it. And I I know what, if I'm correct, Kanjani 8's one of the ones that I've also had some difficulty getting into. I'm a little bit hit or miss. Although I feel like still to me, I'm still discovering a lot of their music since I didn't dive into them before like some of the other Johnny's groups. But Itori Nishinayo had a great composition their vocals were fantastic i love the vocal heavy style and it matched very well it showcased the group itself and as if it topped their last single mm, i don't know that's the thing i mean i will say i think they did a great job following it up to be honest, because I, I love this one. I, I think it's phenomenal. And I really do wish we were able to stream more Johnny's internationally. And because I would download this, I'm tempted to buy it as I greatly enjoyed it. However, I'm kind of, I'm still teetering on it. But I think Hitori Nishinayo is fantastic and i'm looking forward to what they'll do next because they got two thumbs up for me so far single wise and i'm hoping they'll keep up this street yeah so for hitori nishinayo i thought that you they would go back into their old johnny's ways and they kind of did however i'll bit with the twist because this is a very vocal heavy track and i absolutely love it i I agree with you guys that I was very afraid that Kanjani 8 was was going to drop the ball with this for their next release for us. But not only did they kept that ball, they raised it the bar even higher for that ball to go over. But 
we'll see because that puts a lot of pressure on us to like their next single, right? I mean, I guess. Yes, it, it does. I, I think it puts more pressure on them to release a track that we like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, that that's the that's the yeah. thing that they need to release a track that all three of us like. Oh uh, right? yeah. So me, I don't. I, I I've I've always been kind of just like okay with them because I already accept that Kanjani isn't going to be the group for me. But they have some diamonds in the rough, so to speak. But regardless, Hitori ni Shinai yo sold a lovely two hundred and one thousand and twenty four points here. And with that, let's go on to the albums here real fast. And nothing much of presence. <laughs> nothing much of too much of things here. There is presence by Stitz and Matsuda Kako, or uh, Mats, Matsu Takako with uh, three X's, which I know both me and you love, Luna. It's so good. I highly recommend it. So freaking good. And. It's very interesting. So half the songs is just a remix of one song. However, the spins that they've done with certain artists that they collab with is absolutely amazing. So if you guys want to hear several different takes on one song and how each song sounds so very different, go listen to Presents. After that, we got Taste of Love, their 10th mini album from Twice here. We also got We'll Get the Next Dream by Alzalea, which is from good old Love Live, because I do see Da, or Daya. So I, I would assume this is a subgroup within Sunshine? <laughs> I think it is, yes. After that, you got variant with trigger, or variant by trigger, which is husbando. We we got something that is very important for us, and that is Battle of Tokyo for Junior Exile. So it's the anime collaboration that all four junior groups of Exile, Exile tribes has has done, and they're all really good. Go check out our article for them because the music videos are beautifully animated. So go check that out. And number one and two is once again BTS, the best by BTS and Your Choice by Seventeen, respectively. So I've continued on this last week. The first four album picks were all Korean artists, so that was very interesting to kind of nitpick there. But with that. I want to say thank you for joining us on this kind of extra long episode here. I know that the Olympic one was going to be very long because of just how we wanted to do this. So thank you for joining us on this ride. You can follow us on all social media things on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow us on the website where we talk about the Japanese music industry as a whole at ongakuryu.com. You can also follow our affiliates, Karyu Hunter. He is a retro and horror game streamer. He just finished his Kono Trigger Kono Cross Chronicle. But you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out Timber Taff, who is a variety streamer of his own right and singer, apparently. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timber Taff, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who is probably loving the fact that new content for Monster Hunter Rise is coming out. And you can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainstarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. And lastly, you can check out Fangirl Has No Name, who is probably going 
ecstatic and picking apart every little thing about the new Breath of the Wild sequel. You can check her out on twitch.tv slash fangirl has no name f-a-n-g-i-r-l-h-a-s-n-a-n-a-m-e. You can also follow the podcast where both me, fangirl, timber, and kill talk about the gaming industry here at Podasaurus. Like the latest episode that we have talked about was our E3 episode, but it wasn't really an E3 roundup episode because we just went on on huge tendons. But you can check that out by looking up Corey Hunter, same as his Twitch channel, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYCan1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, Roboco Herobo, and more Aina Aiba. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakaGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested, just follow me there. And you, Luna? You can follow me on several of the social media platforms, such as Twitter, my anime list, Anime Planet, Letterboxd, and Kitsu at LunaMaria87. You can also find me as Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram, where you can see what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, and what I have bought that's going to sit on my shelf. But yeah. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this lovely episode of Ungakadu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luna saying thank you so much for staying tuned to today's super long, fun Olympic episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. Jamatane. And this is great. Hope everyone comes back next time. Bye bye. <laughs>